Now, wow. we do want to put this time aside every Thursday morning. This guy's a tremendous guest, has been for so many years, TV, Fox News, radio, for millions of years, including Imus. And now, really, I believe, doing his best work with me right here every Thursday morning, the very brilliant Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, good Thursday morning. How are you, buddy? Oh, Sid, I'm, Sid, I'm fine. How are you? I am uh, I'm doing I, great. I, I, I am not the source of that rumor you just <laughs> recounted. <laughs> but they are both they are both friends of mine and I volunteer to arbitrate their dispute. That we gotta keep them separate during the arbitration, but I volunteer to arbitrate. See, that's so good. I mean you got a real he's actually a real judge doing an arbitration, a mediation, if you will. Need him. Right. Yeah, that is awesome. And the judge that knows and on television and radio has worked with and respects both of them. I don't know what to piss off about, but I'm sure I can respond. (laughs) I think (laughs) I got to thank you for something. My my, uh, 90, she's going to kill me for saying the age, my 97-year-old mother calls me up and says, I saw a picture of you in the New York Post today. This was two weeks ago. It was your full-page ad, Sid, with all of your regular 25 or 30 friends. And there was me right smack dab in the middle. And boy, (laughs) did my mother beam at that. She wants to hug and kiss you if she ever gets to meet you. that, That is so nice. She's 97. Where does your mom live? She lives in assisted living out in western New Jersey, equidistant between her three sons and their uh, families, and she's happy and healthy. She has no known ailments except little weakness in her hips, so she uses uh, a walker. She goes to math on Sunday. Um, her granddaughter, my niece, manages the place and lives there, so my mother gets to hold her great-granddaughter in her arms every day, which, of course, makes her the envy of all of her fellow residents, but Happy and healthy. What a beautiful story. I'm so glad you told that. And, and uh, you could tell your mom it wasn't 25 or 30. It was much more elite than that. I only put 12 photos in the newspaper that day. So you're one of just uh, 12, not 25 uh, or 30. And I do love you. Uh, and I'm so happy. That, that is a great story. And, of course, your mom must have been happy that my mom, Naomi, was one of those 12 pictures. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know if I had met your mom, and I said, not yet, but we're going to go to dinner at Villa Perugia. <laughs> hey, that could happen. Well, that could happen. Or, again, the, the Murray Hill Diner for a nice uh, breakfast one of these mornings. That could absolutely happen. Uh, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Judge. Let's get to the other uh, serious topics of the day. Uh, actually, your column. Your column, once again, is great. You do you do a great job. I know I pump up Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here in an hour, and he writes these great columns, too. But so do you. This one, War and the Constitution. Let's start right there. Why should readers read that? Because Joe Biden does not have the authority to bring us to war in Ukraine. No American president does. The Congress gave Joe Biden $100 billion, with a B, dollar slush fund to spend however he wants there. He's wasted half of it, $50 billion. But he sent equipment over there that only Americans can operate. So we have American equipment there and American cash there. I don't know if the American public knows this, but there are American troops there. There are American troops operating American offensive weaponry. They go on the computer screen and they pick the Russian targets, some in Ukraine, some in Russia, 
And then the Americans pulled the trigger. It's not actually a trigger. It's a full control board with many buttons you have to press. So question, are American troops shooting at Russian troops? Answer, yes. Question, has the Congress authorized this? Answer, no. Has the Congress declared war on Russia? It can't declare war on Russia because Russia poses no military threat to the United States. What do I think? I think old Joe... I mean that without dis- uh, with no disrespect, but I think old Joe wants to drag us into a war. He wants to run for re-election as a wartime president like his hero, Franklin D. Roosevelt. And the American public needs to know this and put a stop to it before American boys start coming home in body bags. Now, that is well said. Uh, it's too late. We're already in the midst. A lot of people think already, including Gordon Chang, who does tend to push the alarm very quickly, World War III, Russia, China, allying together. But yet everybody I bring on here outside of Judge Jeanine Pirro, <laughs> Judge, uh, says, listen, Sid, he's doing the right thing. We've got no choice. Half a billion more weaponry, half a billion more weaponry. That's the only way to stop Stop the Russians from advancing in World War III. Yet for months, me and my late partner Bernie were like, enough is enough. But again, everybody telling me, Sid, we don't have a choice. We don't? So I would say, if I were my buddy uh, and former colleague Peter Ducey, who's the Fox News White House correspondent, what a job. He travels all over the world, wherever the president goes. He's a wonderful, wonderful young man. He and his father or his father and I worked together on Fox and Friends uh, for 24 years. I, if I were Peter, I would say, Mr. President, what is your goal in Ukraine? Is it to remove the Russians from eastern Ukraine and from Crimea? Militarily impossible. Is it to remove Vladimir Putin, who you hate and say is a war criminal, from office in Russia? He's got an 82% approval rating amongst the Russian adult population. Militarily impossible. What is your goal, Mr. President? He can't tell you what his goal is. He can't use troops without a clear, identifiable, reasonably attainable military goal. That's not me. That's federal law. I want to play this cut for you. This lady's name is Emily Kors. And I saw her judge for the first time on television last night. I forget if it was Jesse or Tucker. It doesn't matter. But she just happens to be the foreman for the Georgia Grand Jury, which, of course, is talking about indicting Donald Trump. This is one of the craziest, and I mean this, like right off the set of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. This is a crazy-looking woman who, for some reason, is taking this this uh, case to television. Listen to this cut, and I want to ask you legally about Emily Kors. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. I can see how trying to get the former president to come talk to us would have been a year in negotiation by itself. So it sounds like that was ultimately <laughs> a battle that you all decided not to wage. Exactly. That's, that's kind of how it ended up. Was that and I'd be fascinated by what he said, but do you think he would have come in and said anything groundbreaking or just the same kind of thing we've heard? So at some point you don't need to hear 50 people say the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? At some point you kind of start to get the gist 
Listen to these two, an MSNBC reporter and the four-person for the grand jury in Georgia, Emily Kors. Very simple question, because I'm not that smart. Is she legally allowed to do this before the trial even starts? Well, listening to that tape, I almost forgot who who was who. who, who, (laughs) Which is more of a loony bird than the other. I mean, these are the people that are making decisions today. I think she towed the line. I, I think she went up to the line about what she's allowed to say. So she didn't say what evidence they had and who they thought lied and, and what they recommended an indictment. This is a, a system that is unique to Georgia, uh, said this grand jury cannot indict. It can only report and recommend. Ah. There were other 50 states that grand juries can indict. So Trump, this grand jury doesn't exist anymore. They didn't indict him because they can't indict him. However, Bonnie uh, Willis, who is the uh, DA in Fulton County, I got to tell you, a well-respected DA who's done a great job uh, in Atlanta and prosecuting bad people. She is presenting the evidence that this lady just uh, alluded to to a grand jury that can indict. And I'm sorry to say, because I share your view of Donald Trump and your piece about Trump and Buttigieg a half an hour ago in East Palestine was absolutely spectacular. Oh, thank you. I share your view of, uh, of Donald Trump, and I'm sorry to say I do believe he will be indicted. But you just saw the mentality of the person that is likely to be on a grand jury and vote to indict him. She didn't want him there because she wanted to hear what he had to say. She wanted him there because she wanted the, the, the joy of swearing him in. That's really absurd. Unbelievable. I don't committed a crime by what she said, but she came as close to it as she can without violating grand jury secrecy. And they, so she can't even be yanked from that uh, grand jury? She can't be removed well, from that position? doesn't exist anymore. Right, right, grand- right, right. Got it. All right, let, let's get to this story, which uh, which uh, you and Gary sent me, which fascinates me, too. Uh, the stuff that you sent me, judges, is, is really terrific. This Arizona rancher, 73 years old, appeared uh, in court in shackles and a bulletproof vest as prosecutors claim he, quote, hunted migrants with an AK-47, lied to cops, and did more than that. This is another outrageous story. Outrageous. The guy is sitting at home having lunch. He hears gun uh, fire on his ranch. He has 170 acres, which abuts Mexico. So he's on the Mexico-Arizona border, obviously in Arizona. He goes out with his uh, shotgun. He sees 10 people rushing toward his house and hears them firing guns. He shoots above their heads, and they run away. They're gone. This has happened before. It goes back. He finishes the lunch. At the end of the day, he's out there gathering his horses to put them in the barn at night. He sees a dead body. He immediately calls the police. He wasn't sure if the guy was dead. The police came. 911 came. They said, he's dead. There's nothing we can do. On the spot, the police arrested him. Charged him with first-degree murder, which is planned, plotted, assassination-style murder. Now, if you're going to kill somebody because you planned and plotted to kill them, are you going to call the police and say, here's the body? (laughs) Of course not. There's no evidence whatsoever that he did anything other than legally fire the gun above the mob. But the locals found two illegal immigrants who were on the property, they claim, and were chased back to Mexico when he fired above the head to say he hunted us down and shot one of us in the back. (laughs) Totally, totally fabricated with no uh, evidence to support it whatsoever. That's not me. 
that's the judge in the case who originally set the bail at a million dollars, which this guy could never afford. Yesterday, dropped the bail and said, pledge your house and you're free. He's home tonight. Oh, thank God. Oh, wow. What a happy ending to uh, a crazy. They're still going to prosecute him. But a preliminary review of the government's evidence by the court caused the court to conclude that the government was grossly exaggerating the case against him. Otherwise, no judge would reduce bail in a first-degree murder case from a million down to zero. And that's what this judge did when he, once he had a chance to look at the evidence. I got to tell you, Judge, it's hard to believe, but uh, every week it gets better. I mean, you're just uh, terrific. You really are great. Please send my love to your 97-year-old mom. God bless her. Uh, thank her for, uh, for listening and, the, and all the good stuff you do. I love having you on Thursdays. I can't wait to do it again next week, buddy. Thank you so Please much. Find O'Reilly that I love him. <laughs> right. I will not tell him. I tell Bill O'Reilly every week, Judge Napolitano loves you, and he gives me the old, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He does the same thing with me. We uh, That was great, Judge. Thank you so much. Judge Napolitano, 740 every Thursday morning, does a bang-up job. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.